And welcome back to another episode of the Athletic Studio Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Kate Oman. And I'm Gordon Jomini Vong. Today we're chatting all things about how to self-hack your recovery for better results. So we know obviously we've chatted into our last episodes of the importance of training, the importance of progressively overloading, but the byproduct of this is fatigue. And so how do we kind of combat our fatigue or create a good recovery system within our week to make sure that we can continue getting back into training and hitting our PBs and our goals and our results. Yeah, so this is super important because when we're training, when we're applying our nutrition, especially if we're dieting, it's all it's all a stressor on our body. So for us to keep getting results is like we do want to apply that stress and get ourselves into a little bit of a stress hole. And then the purpose of recovering is recovering well enough to create a super compensation effect where then we've then created like a new higher baseline. So, you know, we're going to increase our lean muscle tissue, get stronger, get fitter. But, you know, if we haven't recovered like well enough, then we're going to be continually in that hole and not getting results and actually start starting to feel demotivated. So for you today on the podcast, we're going to give you some, you know, really good tips on how to you know, recover effectively and find out like what your priorities are with recovery. So first of all, Kate, the signs and symptoms of under-recovering or if they haven't recovered well enough, you know, what do you normally like look for like with clients or if you've got feedback from clients? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I can look at like a range of things, but definitely injury, I would say is the first one to flare. So if people aren't recovering their muscles well enough, whether that be like taking enough rest time between sessions or doing a form of active recovery or nutritional recovery, there's plenty obviously to chat to and we'll expand on later. But injury would definitely be the first one that is flagged. The second thing that we see a lot in people who aren't recovering well is they're plateauing within their training. So they're kind of hitting a wall as to their progress. They're not lifting maybe what they used to or they're not progressing well. Often we also see a bit of fatigue, meant like mental fatigue. So coming into the gym, they might not be as motivated or excited or up and about to complete their session. Yep. And finally, we often see that they're plateauing with their body composition results as well. It kind of comes to a halt and they're not making progress in the way that they would like. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So talking about overtraining and supercompensation, when do we see this effect? Yeah. So you're going to see the supercompensation effect when you obviously like when you've recovered and your performance is continually getting better Mm -hmm. like week on week. So if you, you'll get to that point where, and it's going to be different for each person. So if you're just starting off, getting back into your training, trying to reclaim your health, you've taken a couple of years of training, it may take you a couple more extra days to recover before you get into your next training session. So we've spoken to overtraining. What does supercompensation look like? Yeah. So supercompensation is, you know, your body is forced to adapt to this, to this new stimulus that you've provided it under stress. So if you're, you know, continually lifting a new PB of, you know, 10 kilos for 10 reps that first week, then after you've recovered, your body's going to recognize that, okay, 
potentially I'm going to have to lift 10 kilos again. So I'm going to prepare myself and get ready for it and super compensate through recovery to be fitter and, and stronger. Yeah. And we often see that some people don't recover enough to allow this super compensation to occur. That's correct. Where do you see this most? Yeah. Look, I see this most when people don't plan out their training schedule well enough or they haven't been given the right guidance or very commonly they become too eager with their training. Mm. I'll give you an example for myself is, you know, I've started to do sprint training with one of the trainers here, Fia. And, you know, I thought, how hard can like running be, right? <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> Obviously. So, you know, you start running on, on a track, which is a hard service. Yeah. I'm not used to it. Yeah. All of a sudden, my techniques change. I'm lifting my knees more. I'm using my hips more. Yeah. I'm using the, foref- the forefront of my foot, so my calves as well. And they're getting really sore after training. And then I've come back and done a session when I haven't fully recovered. And then my calves have become overloaded. And then other muscles start to take over. And and then I got injured. Yeah. Right. So that can be in a form of overtraining and not being aware of how much recovery you need to allow yourself to supercompensate and recover well. Yeah. And I think it's about being intuitive as well and understanding what you're like. So for someone starting off, we often say to people, look, your first two weeks of training is probably going to be a little bit brutal as in you're going to feel the muscle soreness because you haven't actually stimulated that muscle group in a while. Mm. And then their body adapts over time and their soreness usually alleviates. Obviously, we can get soreness throughout and the more training maturity you have, probably the less soreness you get. Obviously, if you have a new training program, that soreness may ramp up up again, but you're very adaptable. Probably in more experienced trainers, we can see this thing called REDS. It stands for Relative Energy Deficiency in Sport. Do you want to chat to this a little bit more, Gordon, and tell the listeners what we kind of do with our clients to make sure that they don't end up in this situation? Yeah. So REDS is a terminology that they use in sports with Mm -hmm. athletes. And, you know, essentially it's either overtraining or being under-recovered and it can relate a lot to nutrition as well, where they're not getting enough support with their nutrition to help them repair their muscles and their energy levels to continually perform at that particular sport. Mm. So some of the symptoms that that you might see are, you know, what you were talking about before, Kate, you know, increased injury risk, decreased training performance and response, impaired judgment, decreased coordination, decreased concentration, irritability, depression, decreased glycogen stores as well. So if your muscles are feeling flat, these are like, they're the things that you can, they're some of the signs and symptoms that you can watch out for. But even though that we may utilize the terminology of REDS for athletes, Mm. it's actually still very common to see these same symptoms for, you know, the general population. Yeah, for sure. And I think that obviously with our general population clients, they're probably not to this extreme, but it's super important to be aware of the signs and symptoms and when to act on these things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this is what this whole episode is uh, all about as well is, you know, teaching you how to biohack your own recovery process to find out, you know, what you need to prioritize Mm -hmm. as well. So one of the things that we do at Athletic Studio here to help clients with recovery is implement a biofeedback form and they might rate themselves from one to 10 in certain like metrics. And guys, we're going to go through this in in the podcast now just real quickly, but you can also, it will also be in the show notes and you can download it and implement it for yourself 
And then you're going to find out like where exactly you need to prioritize. So some of the metrics are over the course of the week, you want to rate yourself like one being the worst and then 10 being the best. So, you know, you're going to have like your average stress level, your average digestion, your nutritional compliance, training compliance, average motivation levels, average energy levels, average hunger levels, you know, your perceived uh, workout performance, if you think you did well, or like if you think you did not as good, or if you did well, your average steps over the course of the, over the week as well. And then what you're going to find is you might have two to three of those areas where there are two or three. And then those would be the areas that you'd need to work on to help you with your recovery. Is there anything that you would like to add on that, Kate? Yeah, for sure. I think it's just great to be self-aware. And I use this when I work with my coach and it really shows me what areas I need to work on. So specifically for me, it was my hunger. My hunger was really high. So we were in a bit of a phase where we were dropping calories, but I gave this feedback to my trainer or my coach and we implemented a deload week in our training and increased food. And that allowed me to continue to perform, but also give that stress on my body a bit of a break. And that way I recognized it early. I got onto it early. It didn't develop into any other more signs and symptoms, thankfully. And then we were able to resume. So it's important to be super self-aware and to use these biofeedback tools to make sure that you're being optimal in both your training and your recovery. Yeah, that's right. Because all it is, it's about managing stress and knowing yourself. Like, you know, we talk a lot about being self-aware and it's so important because people have different stress tolerances. So with mm. with achieving any particular result, we're taking our body outside of its comfort zone and applying stress. And then we need to recover from that stress to get better results. So if we know, okay, well, and if I'm coaching you, Kate, and I know, all right, Kate's got the ability to you know, be on a deficit, train really hard, taper up her training for five weeks. I know she can push until then. And then on that sixth week, I'm going to purposely increase her food, decrease her training, bring her out of that stress hole so she can create that super compensation effect. Mm. That's where you're going to get, you know, a lot of your results as well. So it's actually knowing where your body is, not just how long you can apply stress to your body for, but also knowing how much time you need to be out of stress for before you go back into stress too. So for someone like me and you, Kate, like we might just need to take our body out of stress for one week, mm. but for someone else, and you see this, you hear about this story, you know, quite a fair bit with women or men who have just overtrained for a number of years and they need to take six months off of training yeah. and their health is like really, really bad. Yeah that's just their time period. They've really screwed up their body. Yeah. So I think don't leave it for too long. If you're finding that you, you know, scoring low in these biofeedback areas, definitely take action and seek advice for it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And one, and one thing that's, you know, really helped us with clients and with our own training is one thing that we do, we're strategic and we plan it. Yeah. Because we know that for us to get results, we've got to apply that stress, apply that nutrition and training. Yeah. But we have something to look forward to. Like we know in three weeks, four weeks, we're going to have a bit of a rest. Mm. So what you can do to implement in your own nutrition and training is 
have those structured weeks where you're forced to recover even more to help you with your progress. Yeah. And to get a bit more specific, it'll be different for everyone. One of our trainers, actually yourself as well, Gordon, but one of our trainers, Fia, here, loves an ice bath. That's her bout of recovery. She's a sprinter. That's what works for her. I know for everyone else, well, for majority of the population, that might not be their thing. So let's chat through recovery strategies and how our listeners can implement them. Yeah, look, number one, number one priority for recovery strategy is going to be the nutrition. Like mm. you got to, if you're training like an athlete, you want to get results. You got to treat your body like an athlete in regards to recovery too. Mm. So making sure you've got your, you know, your protein, your carbs, your fats, enough calories to recover. Like we're not going to go into too much detail on this one because we've gone through it a lot in other podcasts as well. So that would be like number one, and then. I guess number two, it's going to be dependent on the person, but it's taking yourself out of that, you know, flight or fight like response. So for someone like me, like I enjoy my naps and my sleep. Yeah, I love napping. Like if you didn't know, for people that uh, don't know, like I actually just live, you know, the next block away from athletic studio. So I can always like run back and forth for a nap. So good. I love that. Yeah. And then for that, like it's, super really it's really good for my recovery yeah and then other people they like to do yoga stretching it's that yin yin and yang approach yeah for sure other things would include super simple stuff like as you spoke to sleep is one of the most important yet underrated tools for recovery hydration getting in your electrolytes we spoke to food active recovery is something i promote for my clients so much the last thing you want to be doing once you've hit a strength session is basically to sit and stay still. I always encourage my clients, especially in the first two weeks of training, is to get out the next day or even the day of, get your steps in and that get that blood flow through the muscles, as well as other rituals such as saunas, ice baths, hot, cold therapy, hydrotherapy, massage therapy, cupping. There's also chiro, osteo, physiotherapy. There's so many different avenues for recovery that people can take and I think it's up to the individual I always like to um, discuss with my client their recovery strategies and what they lean on but I definitely suggest our listeners having at least three in their tool belt that they can come back to and implement when they need to. Yeah and essentially they're all serving the same purpose which is to you know loosen up the muscles increase blood flow mm. to the area and it's just going to help the recovery just for example there's a couple of ways to obviously do that you know you can do a massage which will make might take a little bit longer but it's a little bit more relaxing or you can do like dry needling which is going to you know produce a more of an acute blood flow response directly to the area so it really depends on like the speed of your recovery that you want and you know how you like to relax. Yeah, for sure. And I guess for athletes, it'll be different. They need instant recovery or optimal recovery for our general population clients. I think things such as like walking, sleeping, hydrating, eating really easily and as well cost-effective things Mm. is, you know, easy to do and to implement into the everyday lifestyle. Yeah. When we speak to muscle soreness, often there's a bit of a myth that if you don't have muscle soreness, you haven't trained hard enough what do you say to that yeah go go off your performance like whatever is written down on paper if you're getting stronger you're going to create the right training effect Uh, and 
the longer that you've been training for, well, then like the less likely it is that your muscles are going to feel sore mm. as well. Yeah. So soreness isn't an indicator if you've had a good workout or not. Yeah. And on the flip side, often people won't train if they're sore. That's the same thing. I'll always let the performance kind of dictate, you know, if I need to like take time off training. So especially if you're just starting off or if I've started a new program, then the first week of that new program, my muscles are always going to be a little bit sore. But in week two, I can still like increase my training performance. It's more about like knowing your body, okay, my, my muscles are sore, there's delayed onset muscle soreness, that's going to happen. But it's completely different if my muscles are sore and I think I'm gonna get injured if I do something. Mm. Like you just gotta, you know, be smart enough to make those decisions. Yeah, and I think that comes with time and repetition and experience within the gym and training for sure. Yeah, that's that's correct. And, you know, when you're first starting off, training splits is really important too. So if you're stepping back into training and all of a sudden you're doing, you want to do four to five days of training per week, you know, you want to be making sure that you're splitting up your, your body parts to, you know, across the week to ensure that you're not overdoing it on one or two particular muscles. Mm, that's why we hear the bro split. Like it actually yeah. has some merit to it, right? Yeah, definitely. We don't want to smash legs like three days in a row. That obviously is not going to do yeah. much good for, for our body. So yeah, definitely even it out over muscle groups, especially if you're doing your own training within mm -hmm. the gym. But that takes us to the end of today's episode. We spoke to a lot regarding recovery and how to basically optimize your performance and just a reminder, we do have that biofeedback form in the show notes if you would like to access it and rate your week and how you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So thanks so much, guys, for listening. And we will chat to you in our next podcast. We'll be covering all things how to find your best PT. Very exciting stuff. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. If you found this episode useful, it would mean the world to us if you shared, rated and liked this podcast. It's how we keep it alive. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Athletic Studio. We would love to connect with you and see how your fitness and health improves with this newfound knowledge. Until next time.